0: Would you open God's precious holy word? We've come in Ephesians chapter 6 to verse 10 and we're going to look at verse 10, 11 and 12 and it's it's something of an introduction to this part which is the final part of Ephesians. It's the subject of spiritual warfare. And in these last days, it behooves us as believers to pay close attention, perhaps as much or more than any other generation in the age of the church, what we are taught about spiritual warfare. Now let me put it in its context here in Ephesians. Remember Ephesians, we've been learning and have studied has two primary divisions. The first three chapters teach us of our position in Christ. Once we've learned our position, how the Lord has positioned us in Christ from before the foundation of the world, then we are taught in chapters four, five, and six practical Christian living position and practice. We're positioned in Christ And this is how we live as Christians. And there are several imperatives. And we've been looking at those imperatives. These are commands uh, from the apostle. And among them were we are to live with all humility. We are to live humbly. We are to live in unity as believers. We are to live uniquely in the world. We're, We're to be different from the world. We're to live in The light of God's love and word and then we're to live in love toward one another Then he gives he gave us uh, domestic instructions about husbands and wives and children and parents And then those who are in authority and those who are submissive to authority Now this is this is practical Christian living and he covers the Holy Spirit through Paul has Covered the major areas of life that we live as Christians Here he introduces the final section, and so he says in the when he wrote it when he wrote it to them originally, he says to uh, uh, henceforth from now on, from now on finally, and some of you will have the term brethren in there that that is not in the earliest. Of the manuscripts and so I always use the earliest so he goes like this from now on so here's here's what it builds builds on finally from now on having revealed to you from heaven how you are positioned in Christ then having revealed to you from heaven how you are to live as Christians the practical side of Christianity There's the positional side and the practical side. Finally, from now on, here's what he says. It ain't going to be easy. You are going to be in a war for the rest of your life. And we'll see that from the language that we're going to study here. You cannot... Go into this battle, onto this battlefield, and engage in this war without the proper resources and without the suit of armor. So Paul gives this deep teaching about spiritual warfare in the lives of Christians. This is how you're to live And you're going to be everything about these instructions in living flies in the face of the world. And the world is going to hate you for it. The world is going to attack you in every way. They're going to attack your humility, your unity, your uniqueness as Christians uh, in a world of of unbelievers and worldliness. They're going to attack uh, the, the light that you live under, the word of God the enlightenment that you have as christians they're going to attack you for your love for christ and for his word and for each other and for for the church the world is going to attack everything about your life every aspect of living everything that involves your life your path your journey you're going to be attacked by the enemy But you have been well resourced for the battle and there is no reason for you to lose this war. Now, with that in mind, let's look at it. From now on, first thought, be empowered in the Lord and in the strength of his might. I discount anyone who claims to be in Christ and stands in his strength to defy the evil world of darkness or those who are in that world, demons, whatever. Oh, I reject you. I do this. You can't do anything. If you try to stand against the devil, his demons, and the strength of evil that is in this world on your own, you'll wind up like that guy in the book of Acts and you'll run away naked. They'll strip you down. Our hope and our resource is this. We are empowered in the law, we don't have any power of our own to fight this battle. None at all. I cannot match up in and of myself apart from the power and strength of Christ. I cannot match up against a demon or against Satan. I cannot be possessed by a demon because the Holy Spirit of God is in my life. But in my power, I cannot defy or fight this battle. I'm a loser on the battlefield if I go into this battle thinking that I have it all myself and I've got it taken care of. Be empowered in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Totally dependent upon the resource within my life who is God. God the Holy Spirit. Now, how that works itself out, we're going to study. It's going to take more than just today to look at all of the things of how this battle takes place. But to summarize, to begin with, our power is in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the complete armor of God. You see that, that word, uh, that phrase, put on, that's a word. That's a compound word in uh, the first word in verse 11 in the Greek text. Induces the. Well, let me give you a little gra- grammar here because it's theologically important. It is in the aorist middle voice Active. Here's what that means. That means that you put on this armor of God and you don't ever take it off. That's what it means. You are where, you know, I used to play football. We all used to play maybe some kind of team sports and you'd get out there on the gridiron or whatever, the baseball diamond, and then when it was all over, you was tired and sweaty and you'd go in and you'd, take off your uniform, right? Take a shower and go home. Christian warriors don't do that. We wear this armor all the time. We go to bed with it. We sleep with it. We get up in the morning with it. It's on. It stays on. It goes with us throughout the day. We never take it off. Once put on, it never comes off. That's why the Holy Spirit of God in the original text puts it in the aorist middle active. It's always there. Put on the complete armor of God. Don't leave a single piece off. Now, Paul is writing from prison. A Roman soldier was always chained to to, Paul. Paul. He couldn't go anywhere to do anything apart from the Roman soldier who was chained to him at all times. So 24-7 Paul was right next to a Roman soldier. Paul could look at him up and down and he could tell you everything that that Roman soldier had on. A Roman soldier had had the best outfit of the day for a warrior. It was designed and created for, for the war of legions. They would lock their shields and they would march in a, in, a, in a formation. They had long spears with a sharp, narrow spike on the end of it that was made for piercing through. And then they had short Roman swords that were sharp on both edges and a, came into a very sharp point. So that when they got closer, right between those big shields, they could thrust and go all the way through. It was designed for close quarters combat. This is how the Roman soldier was outfitted. This was his armor, and he would look at it. Paul, this is another message. We'll look at that in a couple of weeks or three or so, God willing. And we'll describe the armor of God. But right now, just in summary, put on the complete armor of God from head to toe. Don't leave out a thing. Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, would look at this Roman soldier and he would say, you know, in close quarters combat, this guy is practically invincible. Invincible. Who could get through the big shield and the buckler and the breastplate and the helmet and all the other stuff, the the, the girdle that he wore and the shoes that came up, everything, the sword that he carried. Who could get into this guy and do anything to him? He has everything he needs. And so the Holy Spirit of God moves upon the Apostle Paul to use that Roman soldier and his outfit As an illustration of a Christian warrior. Put on the complete armor of God. Don't leave anything out. That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Okay, so here is our our position and we're in Christ. This is our position in the battlefield we're in the Lord here's our armor put on your armor and then he begins to describe the enemy here in the last part of this verse that you may be able to stand to stand I saw something that was written in a commentary and I thought is that really true and I went all the way I couldn't find he was right The guy who wrote the commentary says Christians are never told to attack the devil. Now you think about that. He is going to be so aggressive, his onslaught is going to be so tremendous. We won't have any time to do anything else other than what the Lord says. Stand against him, resist him. Resist him, he'll run away. Stand against him. That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, that you can stand firm. You stay where you are, the Lord takes care of everything else. Use the weapons, the the sword of the Spirit. Is our weapon, that's the word of God, he says later on, we'll study it later on, and that's what pierces the enemy through. You get stuck once with that sword and you'll run. That's what he says the devil does. You stand firm, you resist the enemy, he'll run. Now, what do we, okay, here it goes. What kind of weapons? What's he coming at me with? Here it is. The schemes of the devil. The Greek word methodos, we get our word methodology from that methods. The methods, the methodology of the devil. His His quiver of arrows will only have two or three, really. It's all he needs for dupes like us. He is number one, he's the father of lies. That's what the Bible says. Your father is a liar, speaking to the Pharisees, and he's the father of lies. So he comes at us with counterfeit things, false stuff, falsehood, lies. He's a deceiver. With his his spiritual tricks, he seeks to deceive the world into thinking one thing, When something else is actually true. And he is a schemer. He moves at an incredible pace. Along with his minions and his army of demons. Against every man and woman and child in the world. And so just about everything that we see in the world. Defies scripture it naturally leads the man's mind away from high thoughts of God and from accepting the absolute truth of God's precious holy word. It brings darkness upon us and confusion so that we might not walk in the light and be able to clearly see. So his, in, in all of his existence, he has sought to defy God and his word. False religions. Isn't it amazing to you? And we suffer this even today in our own nation. How no other religion but Christianity comes under such attack. Other religions in this country get away with murder, literally. But if you wear a Jesus t-shirt to school, what, kind, what happens to you? It's the devil's job to bring false religion to the top of the list on man's thought processes and to naturally doubt and defy The word of God. These are, this is his methodology, his schemes. This is why especially, you know, and we are told in the last days that the delusion will be strong and we live in such a day. The delusion, it it is so, it is so significantly profound in the present day in the modern era that even the world's social media and mainstream media will only allow one side of any debate but the side that Christians would take is disallowed this is the scheme of the enemy and we're we're on this battlefield And we're facing this fierce, aggressive attack and onslaught by the world, commanded by the great enemy, the devil. And he constantly is adapting his lies and his counterfeit uh, religions and his falsehoods. He's constantly adapting that on the battlefield to try his best To confuse the strongest of us. To weaken us in any way that he can. In these days more than any other Christians. I mean bought by the blood, spirit, baptized, Bible-believing Christians. The remnant of Christendom, if I may say. Those people need to be sure in these last days, especially of darkness and delusion. That they are aligned with fellow believers who have this same faith and doctrine. The word of God is absolute truth. Jesus is the only way. Satan is the great enemy darkness is falling and we told it would we were told it would fall in the last days before our great deliverance and before the glorious coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and with everything in my being I think that we're entering into that time because it's a worldwide it's not just a regional thing it's a worldwide thing you see. And I believe that Christians need to carefully align themselves with other Christians who feel the same way, to be planted in those bodies of believers who stand on the Word of God ultimately, regardless of the cost. That we responsible that we are responsible to one another, that we are responsible with one another to the Lord. That we are discipling each other and being discipled. And that we are growing in the Lord. We are growing in the knowledge of Christ and in His grace. And this is the kind of thing that we need more than ever before. And there will only be a remnant like that. We're told. It's quite possible that we are being pruned. As the so-called church, we are being pruned... So that he will present to himself a chaste bride in the rapture of the church, which surely can't be far away. In discipling others and being discipled, the truth. becomes embedded within our hearts and our spirits so that when we walk out into the world and we see red flag after red flag we will know in our hearts that this is delusion this is a lie this is a scheme of the enemy he is attacking me and my family and we have to be empowered in the Lord and in the strength of his might so that we can stand on the battlefield in the war that is waging now this is this is the battlefield we're going to take this in more detail god willing next time because to us the wrestling let me stop there pale wrestling now this isn't wwe or greco roman or in rome Here's how they wrestled. Two burly, nasty looking, strong, mean, nearly naked men would get into the arena thinking, I'm going to kill or die. I studied it. It came from the Greek called Pankratas. That was their their Greek Olympic wrestling. A lot of times the other guy died. The loser, before he choked out and died, he would try to tap out or scream for mercy, but they wouldn't let him. They looked the other way. So these two nasty, strong brutes get in there. The first thing they do is go for each other's throats. The stronger and more nimble would be able to grasp the throat of the other. And his main technique would be to, from the throat, with a death grip on the throat, to lift and slam the other guy down with the goal of pinning shoulders and the back of his head. Many times the one who gained the advantage would keep the shoulders pinned but he would have such a grip that he wouldn't let the head go all the way down so that the referee could call a victory for him. He just wanted to kill the guy. So he did what he had to do to keep the guy's head just up off the ground while he was killing him. Now this is the wrestling that they're talking about here. To us... We're not in there against some brute who's ripping the flesh from our throats and strangling us to death and trying to tear our heads from our shoulders. It's worse than that. We are wrestling not against flesh and blood, but we're wrestling against an enemy that we really can't see. This is the battlefield. This is why I have to have the Lord. I have to be armed and suited up. I can't recognize them. Who's the enemy? Where is he? It's a spiritual warfare. This is the battlefield. It's a spiritual battlefield. These evil spirits. Rulers, authorities, cosmic powers of darkness Spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms Now we're going to go through all of that next time Well, a couple of weeks from now I'll be in Tennessee next week, God willing, with a retreat But The battlefield Is where ignorant, unsaved, unbelieving people Who are in authority are duped and deluded, and they're the ones who write our textbooks. They're the ones. They're the ones who put the corporate boards together. They're the ones who put on the television everything that we see. They write the script. They're the ones who control the hearts and minds of actors and actresses and Politicians and people. And those people, in their authority, having been overwhelmed by evil spiritual authorities, are ruling our society. And the battlefield is everywhere, the battlefield is in church. The battlefield is at work. The battlefield is at school. The battlefield is on the television. It's it's in the music. It's on the computer. The battlefield is everywhere. And I have to stay suited up. And I have to be aware of red flags. And I have to be able to know in my heart, this is delusion. This is deceit. This is not truth. And stand against it. The next verse he says, and having done all, we'll still be standing. If we do it all, we have all the resources we need. We have the strength and power that will win the war. We just have to stand in that armor. Resist and stand. And having done everything to stand, next verse, I didn't put it here. We will still be standing. Because Paul has taught us how to fight this war. Now we'll get more into detail, God willing. The next time we come together in our study for Ephesians Would you stand all over the room? I'll close us in prayer Just bow your heads and close your eyes would you if you're here today and God is leading you into this fellowship Perhaps by salvation or having been saved By believers baptism Or to come in any other way and you have questions and you want to be a part of this congregation we We have deacons and uh, wives who will be in uh, the room as you exit, the rooms just as you exit, you'll see them. You step in there and ask them any questions and they will they will help you and, and lead you and guide you in uh, how the Lord is leading you today, okay? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this wonderful day that you've given to us. Now, Lord, bless us as we leave this place and use us in every way for your glory. In Jesus' name.